all you 80s brats, 90s kids, and early otters, it's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. <laughs> Featuring Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> uh, uh, a shark with a trampoline. Will Ferrell. <laughs> uh, sorry, actually... guys. Guys, if you can't tell, we're two real-life comedians, okay? <laughs> Rachel hates it. I hate it. Because I always think you're going to say we're a real life couple. Well, we are. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then you say we're real life comedians. So it's like, what kind of comedians aren't comedians in real life? You know? Virtual comedians. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Which, we're that too. I guess that's how people are experiencing this right now. Right. Yeah. Virtually. Right. Well, Rachel, this uh, podcast, The Generation Gap, all about us kind of filling in our age difference mm-hmm. because- comedians in a relationship age difference does this podcast need any more hooks all right you hear that pod america (laughs) (laughs) that's a phrase so guys today we are talking about space jam and space balls yeah uh space balls of course being from my generation space jam is a movie that happened to my generation (laughs) i think both can be said depending on who you are i'm really excited about this week i think like you know uh what do these have in common? We'll find out. Yeah, uh, definitely they, space in the name. Space in the name is for sure something they have in common, and they're both movies. Yeah, we're doing this right after our science episode, and we're actually doing a space puzzle, and we went to a museum. There's a museum a that's open museum. Yeah. in Oregon right now. It's not a space museum, but they do have... <laughs> a science museum. <laughs> they did have a planetarium that we were allowed to go in and watch a documentary about black holes, so it's just been a space week it's over here. It's been a here. spacey week also, like, as a country, like, we went to Mars. Yeah. So in well, real, a robot. Well, in, virtually. I didn't go to Mars. No, no. Virtually. And Sam didn't go to no Mars. No human actually went. But we went to Mars. Right. The, the, the we. The, the global we. <laughs> so it's a space, uh, a space time. But, um, you know, we, we boot camped this week. We watched oh, yeah. both movies. Mm-hmm. But just a week ago, we were so ignorant. Yeah. Why don't we see about that? Yeah. In the darkness of space. Space. Wow. wow. I'm scared. It's so dark in here. I'm kind of used to it at this point. Sam, you know, hold my hand. Every week, <laughs> we spend a period of time in complete darkness. Just, it's so dark. And I'm kind of used to it now. Oh. So we're done with the bit where we're like, it's dark. And no, we're I'm like, just, Whoa. Uh, no, the bit is evolving. Oh. It is getting used to itself. Interesting. Well, it must be time for In the Dark. In the Dark is when Sam and Rachel interview each other to find out just how much they know about this week's topics. And this week's topics are another doozy. This is doozy indeed. (laughs) This one's one of the fun ones where we just had fun with the names, kind of. for sure. Because this week we're talking about Space Balls meets... Space Jam. What? Now, Space Balls is mine and Space Jam is yours. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. We swap a route there and I don't know. It's kind of We're connected. We are. Well, we're just so used to the darkness, I guess. (laughs) Makes your other senses stronger. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, why don't we start with... With mine. Yeah. Spaceballs, a.k.a. one of my favorite movies, a.k.a. I know every word, a.k.a. it's fabulous. Yeah. Now, 
Sam, mm. what do you know about baseball? Well, this is one of the ones where it's like this. I think like inspired the podcast, you know, because mm. the first time I ever saw Spaceballs was with you. That's true. Within the last like couple of years, yeah, so, we definitely watched it at some point, yeah, maybe in twenty twenty. Yeah, absolutely, no way to tell if if it was during that year or not. <laughs> um, no scientific way to find that Mm-mm. out. So. But yeah, so I do know how ridiculous it gets. You know, I do know about you mean awesome, how awesome it gets. Pizza the Hut. <gasps> pizza the Hut. I forget what's what's Chewy's. It's Barfy or something. <laughs> His name is Barf. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I just was like, I was like, oh, if you didn't watch this movie by a certain age. You missed the train. No way. And I feel like no I missed the train. fucking way. I don't have... There are parts what of Spaceballs. What is Spaceballs about? It's about making a parody movie of Star Wars. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. All and right? what about, like, the plot? They're saving the princess, and they get lost, <laughs> and there's a prophecy, and <laughs> you're really going to you're really gonna burn me on the plot Babe, of, like, doing, Pizza the Hut. We're doing it in the dark. This is where we ask each other what we know. I know, Like, yeah. okay, let me I'm state sensitive. it this way. Okay, Mr. Sensitive. In Spaceballs, there is a specific issue that they're dealing with as a, as a global society. Yeah. What is it? The farce. <laughs> And it's dwindling. Something's dwindling. Our resource is dwindling. I like that it's the farce is dwindling. <laughs> is that what it is? Maybe the, the farce? farce? The Schwartz. It's mm. the Schwartz. But it should be the farce. Right? Okay. Right. Well, we'll we'll see when we rewatch it this week. Yeah. Um. So you named two characters: Pizza the Hut and Barf. Yeah. Can you name uh uh Can you name any actors who are in this movie? Um. Yeah. <laughs> John Candy. No. Yeah. No, it is John Candy. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's Barf. He's Barf. That's who I got. Barf's my boy. I'm um, so fucking excited to watch this oh, movie. Oh, man. I know. Um, is it? It's not Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Who's the robot? Who's the robot? I'm not telling you. Joan Rivers. Yeah. That's who it is. Good yeah, job. I knew. Yeah. Okay. I love that those are the names that go side by side in your head, Barbara <laughs> Streisand and Joan Rivers. It's like a voice, you know. Oh, and and because I don't, I think she just voiced it, right? She did not operate the robot. I don't think she operated the robot. Okay, just double no. check Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So we got a couple, we got two actors there. Yeah. Great. Well, there's many more and yeah. you'll be like, oh my God, when we start watching it and I'm super excited for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to turn it around for you because I know right now you're saying this is one of those ones that like if you rewatch it as an adult, you're like you only like it because you liked it as a kid, which right. I definitely understand the concept. But I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I think it's so funny and I can't wait to talk about it. But you did like watch it every day as a kid, right? Totes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Big you, time. You're, you're not like. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what well, you think we need to bring in a third party? No, 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 no. I, I think, I think our Denise, well, Denise, Denise, <laughs> Denise, do you need to watch special guest I Denise? Love, I love how we both look at our dog every time. We're like Denise. <laughs> um. All right. All right. Well, Rachel, mm. tell me what you know about Space Jam, and I actually am asking because 
I don't really remember almost anything about Space Jam. This is a double dark for me where I don't know. A double dark. I don't know anything. Yeah, that's how, like, how I was when we watched Never Ending Story. I was right. like, I can't really remember it that <laughs> yeah. well. Um, and Dazed and Confused and a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Space Jam. I know that, okay, well, here's the thing with Space Jam is I do think that sometimes I combine two ideas of movies in my head. So I might be combining movies. But I've never seen it. I believe it stars Michael Jordan and, like, Bugs Bunny or something or like there's definitely cartoon people in it. Yeah, it's it's I believe it's the cast of the Looney Tunes. Oh, okay. Is that, is Bugs Bunny one of those? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like Roadrunner, the whole crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about Roadrunner. I saw. I thought like I Porky Pig. Porky Pig. Yeah. I thought I saw Pussycat. Yeah, Daffy Duck. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I All think right. I, again. Here's what I do know. I know that there's some uh, there's some yeah. cartoon alien the monsters the the like rival basketball team that we have to beat in the movie. It's okay. called the monsters. You're already telling me more than I because uh, I do know there is a famous. Wait, you're telling me there's basketball in this movie? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I figured there was basketball. I mean, he just obvi- looked at me like, wait, what? <laughs> I didn't realize how, yeah how how bad yeah. Um. Well, one thing I can tell you I know about Space Jam, and I bet you I bring this up next week as well, is that it is, as a person who has done a lot of improv comedy shows, yeah, that I have done, and I've done a lot of improv comedy shows with people who are 10 to 15 years younger than me, right. Space Jam is referenced a lot, yeah. and I rarely know what anyone is talking yeah. about. I did have a... Uh... I believe I had a, a a duffel bag with Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. I can on picture it. the logo very clearly. Yeah. Iconic VHS. And I will say, um, it makes me think of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ra- bleh, who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, is another one we should put on the list. Yeah. I don't know how often you've seen that, but like where it combines. Uh, cartoon, cartoon and, and human actors. It's one of my favorite things in the world. It's cartoons oh. plus people. Until, you know what else is going to be one of your favorite things? What? Spaceballs. You're going to love it so <laughs> oh much. It's just so good. All right. Well, let's see if we do, right? <laughs> Take it away, future Zebed Rachels. <laughs> oh, wow. That was yeah. crazy. I, I can't believe you said that, Rachel. Wow. <laughs> No, I refuse. <laughs> well, Rachel, we sound pretty silly there, don't mm. we? Yeah. Now we're so educated. So educated. We I've seen Spaceballs twice and Space Jam once and then once probably when I was a kid. I, oh my God. Like, I felt like Space Jam happened at me. Oh my God. Like it happened to me. It happened at me. I don't feel like I experienced it per se. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So what are we starting with today? I think we have to start with Space Jam. You're chomping at the bit <laughs> okay, to sure. discuss it. Now, Space Jam, Looney Tunes meets Michael Jackson. We also have Wayne Knight in not this Michael film. Jackson. Oh, boy. <laughs> Michael Jackson was not in that movie. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we have Michael Jordan. We have the Looney Tunes. We've got Wayne Knight from Seinfeld. we got Bill Murray there, there's just nothing that isn't from the 90s that is actually in this movie. We also have Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, it was just crazy. Now, there was a whole thing in the 90s about the Looney Tunes, right? You, you remember this, right? Like the resurgence of Taz and Tweety Bird on shirts and all this. Oh, my God. Yeah, like I kind of forgot about it till we were watching this movie. And then I was like, oh, yeah, the Looney Tunes were really big. And my main memory with the Looney Tunes at this time was that in the Stamford Mall, the famous Stamford Mall, everyone knows of it, there was a Looney Tunes, like a Warner Brothers store. And you could, and there was also a Disney store, but the Disney store had been there forever. But I felt like the Warner Brothers store was like new, but that's where you would just buy like your Disney, your Disney or Warner Brothers paraphernalia, your stuffed animals, your whatever. And it was like the thing to do was to go to the mall and go to that store. It's the Warner like, Brothers store? Yeah. I know that sounds really weird, but it was like, Looney Tunes was really big. And Another memory I have, I wish I could remember this girl's name. There was a girl in my high school who got a tattoo of like, I think it was the Tasmanian devil. I'm not sure which which character it was, but I think it was Taz on her ankle when we were in high school. She was like a freshman in high school. And I was like, you know what? You're going to regret that. Mm. And I don't, I don't know where she is. Well, you're not a big tattoo person. In general. I thought you were going to say a Taz person. <laughs> or that. I feel like you dislike both No, I love, I like tattoos. Not, not on myself necessarily, but I love like a sleeve of sexy man arm tattoos. Sign me up. Where do I sign? Wee-oo. <laughs> Is there an alarm going off? Yeah. Infidelity or alarm? All right. <laughs> All right. Let's brush past that. We've got the Looney Tunes. We've got Michael Jordan in a film. Mm-hmm. This is insane. Let's let's talk about Michael Jordan's acting. Now there was a pretty point, good. So, okay, there was a point in the movie where you leaned towards me and you went, Michael Jordan's doing pretty well. Yeah. And that was in the very beginning. Um, I mean, I will say it's hard for non-actors to act in general. It's even harder to act with things that aren't there, right? He's acting with animation, which is really difficult. I didn't think he was superb. Really? Yeah. Actually, all the critical response I said, it's like, there's criticism (laughs) of the movie, but everyone's like, Michael Jordan held his own. And I I felt like that too. I was like, first of all, it's hard enough to do all the things you said. Uh, it's also hard to do that. And like win six championships, like he doesn't do this. And he was, like, totally fine. Like, I've seen actors do way worse performances than Michael Jordan in Space Jam. You know who is really carrying his weight in this movie is Newman. Yeah. Newman from Seinfeld. I know you and call Jurassic him. Park. Uh, was great. And then, of course, we had this Bill Murray cameo. Dude, the Bill Murray was funny every time. It I, made me laugh a lot every single time. I was not expecting all the cameos in this right. movie. It makes so much sense, of course, now, right. looking back, that they would there would be cameos. But, like... There was Deborah from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. There was Bill Murray had like a fun part. Yeah. There's two people in the audience of the basketball game, and it's Deborah from Everybody Loves Raymond and Dan Castellaneta, aka oh, yeah. Homer Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. And I yeah, was just yeah. like, look at the 90s people right now. So 90s. Um, but I think that was before Everybody Loves Raymond, or at least in 96. What, that so that when, was not a big deal. When did this movie come out? So it's 96, I think, or maybe 97. But it's around that time. And. What's really strange about this, because I was like putting all this timeline together just right before the show, and I was like, 
you were asking me, when did this take place in Michael Jordan's career? Yeah, and the reason I asked that question is because this movie, for any people who, any non-jam heads out there, the, the premise of this movie is like that Michael Jordan has left basketball and gone to baseball, which is a thing that happened in real life. Uh, and then he has to like play basketball against these aliens or whatever. But for the Looney Tunes. But but the thing is, is I was like, when did this take place in conjunction? What's the word? In reference to his actual baseball career. Yeah. Was it then? So, yeah. So uh, I guess I think it's 92 or 93. Michael Jordan retires from basketball mm-hmm. and pursues baseball. Mm-hmm. And then in 95, he or 96 about, he comes back to basketball and films Space Jam. Oh, okay. So, Michael Jordan, uh, I don't know exact timeline in terms of, like, the release and the basketball season or anything, but the point is that Michael Jordan left basketball and came back to the Bulls and won a championship in 1996. So... He's basically the Michael Jordan of of basketball. Being Michael Jordan. Absolutely. No one Jordan's (laughs) better than Jordan. Yeah. Uh, it, absolutely insane. I mean, just a fantastic, just a crazy uh, just moment in time where we have this sports legend here having to act opposite the Looney Tunes. So let's get into the Looney Tunes. Oh, my God. So and were they Looney or what? They weren't. I would call them absolutely fucking crazy They're i'll bleep that so but that is loud they was so busy oh my god <laughs> am i old yeah i'm i'm about to turn 30 and i just felt like i was like the tv is too fast it you know really was like well first of all in general there this is an old movie there were some audio issues but like anytime a human talked in the movie they were like really quiet and then anytime the looney tunes talks it was like wee wee blah 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 like they were just screaming and everything was happening like on top of each other. And it was like the speed like was turned up. It was so freaking insane. This uh, suffers from uh, this syndrome that a lot of movies and uh, TV shows in the 90s geared towards kids. They think kids don't have good attention spans. Right. So they think it needs to be wacky and crazy. So they, they really, du- I felt like they really dumbed down the Looney Tunes. And I uh, saw the review from, uh, uh, I have his name. I'll, I'll get it. Hold on. Chuck Jones. Now, yeah. Chuck Jones is a very famous animation uh, Looney Tunes uh, creator, producer guy. And he was very upset at the behaviors of the characters he helped create oh. in the movie Space Jam. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I wasn't sure if this was like how it was and I just kind of forgot one of the quotes he said is Porky Pig would never say I wet myself. I think I wet myself. And there was just Weird. so many moments like that where I'm like, I don't remember the Looney Tunes, these Looney Tunes behaving this way. It's like Coyote and Roadrunner. Like all these bits are like genius comedy bits where it's like really patient and like we have the setup and it's like circumvented and it's like big subversions of all the jokes. But in Space Jam, the Looney Tunes are just wacky in a can, and it yeah. feels a little crazy. There's a couple moments that I want to highlight where I do feel like the Looney Tunes had a little heart. Now, there was this, to your point, there was this time. So basically, in this movie, uh, these like alien monsters headed by Danny DeVito want to uh, steal the Looney Tunes, enslave them. 
their actual word and make them work at his amusement park. Like right. it's some crazy thing. And the Looney Tunes are like, well, we're going to fight against this by challenging the alien monsters to a game of basketball. That's like the whole premise of the movie. And they want to do this by uh, having Michael Jordan on their team. And I was thinking about how, like, I have friends whose kids are a little bit afraid of the movie Frozen because there's, like, moments in Frozen that are, you know, kind of intense and whatever. But then I was like, if those kids saw this movie, they would have been hysterically crying, like, with fear. Because there are some moments that are just so not children appropriate. And like, I remember being very scared. As soon as we saw the thing where, at the very end, where they're talking about Michael Jordan being enslaved, problematic alarms going off all over the place, um, I remembered that sequence because it was so disturbing of, like, Michael Jordan having to lose to everyone that played basketball against him and stuff, and I thought that was so cruel at the time. There were, so there, yeah, so this is how they, by the way, get Michael Jordan to play with them they don't say hey michael jordan will you play with us michael jordan is golfing on a golf course the looney tunes are like underground in like the upside down world or whatever they pull him through a golf hole down to the ground which he falls down he lands in an animation world which was kind of cool and then they like torture him. They like bing bong bing like to his ears and stuff. Remember? And they're like torturing him and like doing things. And he's just kind of like, what's going on? And they're like, want to play basketball with us? And he's like, sure, if you need me. And it's just like, what? Like they just like tortured the shit out of you. It was just like really not child friendly and not adult friendly. I found it alarming. Yeah, I just think that it was just. They wanted to be like, oh, and Michael Jordan gets the cartoon world and it's crazy because that's what this movie is, right? It's like Michael Jordan meets the Looney Tunes. Right, right. And so they're wanting to hit that beat super hard, but it doesn't make a lot of sense because you're like, Michael Jordan would not be convinced by this argument. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just a lot of those things where it feels like the Looney Tunes didn't have me. But I do want to highlight a couple moments where the Looney Tunes had a bit of heart. Okay. Um, One in particular was when Bugs tricks everyone into performing better by using Michael's secret juice or secret stuff or whatever. It's really just a labeled thing of water that Bugs Bunny convinces everybody is this stuff that's going to make them strong and good at basketball mm-hmm. and it motivates them to play. That kind of like trickery in, in intertwined with like trying to achieve what we want. I was like, yes, Looney Tunes, here we go. This is fun in a way to like integrate in. But those moments moments were pretty far in Yeah, between. and there was like one other that had potential to be like that, which was when the big game at the end of the movie when they're, they're playing each other, it's the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan pl- versus the Monstars, which we'll talk about in a second. But they... All of a sudden, it, it, it seemed like they were going to win by being themselves. Like, it was like, well, Porky Pig's going to do his thing. And then, like, and that's going to distract him. And, like, Bugs is going to do his thing. Yeah, we did and that then, a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a great idea. And, like, there was, like, a, a hint of that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that actually would have been a great moment for the plot if they really leaned into that a little mm-hmm. bit more you know i felt like they did i felt like uh, you know right towards the end of the game it's like the way they come back is by being cartoons mm-hmm. and the winning thing is michael jordan like cartoonally stretching his arm to dunk right, long right. distance right very fun um one of the funniest moments from that scene is actually when 
Newman is playing and he gets flattened. Oh yeah. Like, and like basically... the visual of Flatten Newman was really good. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about these Mon stars. Okay. okay. So they start out as little puny aliens, which is why the Looney Tunes challenge them to basketball because they're small and slow and dumb. Dumb. So they can't uh, play basketball. Um, so then the, the Monstars suck up the talent of, they suck up the talent of several well-known NBA players. Yeah. And that was awesome. That was, that was literally the best part of the movie was the NBA players. Charles yeah. Barkley, uh, who else? Or, uh, Patrick Ewing. I don't think Patrick Ewing. And, but he wasn't in it? What did I write? Well, down? I think I think those players might have been in it, but the ones that got their talents Oh, stolen, the one that got their talents stolen. Yeah, yeah. Muggsy Bogues. It was so freaking funny. Yeah. And, and so, like, you see them, like, they're playing a game, and then all of a sudden they, like, don't know how to catch a ball. And it's, like, very funny. Yeah. And also the way that the aliens do it is they come into the game in um, three aliens in a... Um, What's it called? Trench coat. Trench coat. Yeah. Which is such a funny bit, and it will never grow old. No, it was good. It was good. Um, and th- this part of the plot is so great. However, these tiny little aliens, all we see is that they get the power of the NBA players, the talent of the NBA players, and then they turn into literal monsters. Yeah. Monsters. Right. Yeah. And I just... If... I wish there was just, like, some extra magic involved that made them monsters. Or maybe they were just puny monsters before and then they became basketball monsters. Either way, that would be fine. But the transformation, just using, like, the power of these NBA players to then be turned into monsters. When when the year is 2021, you're looking at it with, with just a little bit of side it eye. It felt really racist. Yeah. Like, it, if we're going to just say it, like, the monsters seemed like very racially inappropriate depictions of these basketball players. It was like very strange. Yeah. Um, But that being said, the actual NBA players like Charles Barkley were the comedic relief in this movie. There were all these scenes where they were trying to find their talent again and like remember how to play basketball. It was so they I couldn't believe that they were the funniest part of the movie, but they totally were. And I love the scene where they go to the like fortune teller or whatever, who's like reads a crystal ball. And and she she's like, she says exactly what's going on. Yeah, She says exactly what happened in the movie, which is fucking bananas. And they're like, well, that's crazy. Let's get out of here. I thought that was like the best scene ever. Yeah, Yeah, that's super fun. Yeah, they had a lot of fun. There was a lot of good ideas. I saw a critique of this movie saying it's like three movies in one. And I kind of agree with that. I kind of feel like it's three separate thirds of movies blended together in an unsuccessful way. But in terms of a cash grab with an existing property and a hot celebrity name, I think it was pulled off okay. Now, there's a lot of nostalgia for this in my generation. And I'm sure a lot of people will be upset that I'm on... <laughs> kind of dogging on Space Jam a bit. I'm trying to lift it up, but yeah. I'm honestly I, the part that I'm most disappointed in is is not the racism. <laughs> no, the racism was shocking. But I mean, is the Looney Tunes? I was I love the, the Looney, Looney Tunes, and it just I was so pissed I didn't get to watch a Looney Tunes. Like movie. you have the Looney Tunes, 
and NBA players in a movie together, and the NBA players are funnier. Like, right. just that in and of itself is like, that's kind of disappointing. Right. The Looney Tunes are the ones trying too hard right now. You yeah. know? I mean, like, yeah, it's so crazy. It's so strange. And I love so many of the Looney Tunes. Like, I can't tell you how much I love Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner, how much I love um, Bugs is great. I really had just some very negative feelings towards Daffy in this movie. I just don't yeah, care you for Daffy. Not like Daffy. He was hardly even in it also but no he like, always like was shoving people out of the way to take up more screen time and i was like stop Daffy. but then the one time when he enters the stadium and no one cheers for him i was like okay all right great. well it made me know it's like oh everybody <laughs> thinks daffy's the worst and i'm like oh okay maybe it's okay but one still the, just a little much one of the things that i wrote down in my notes were like well besides like what is happening mm-hmm. is what is the timeline and what is the plot okay so let's talk about this so okay Bugs, this is another good moment, actually. The little puny aliens say, we're going to take you. And Bugs says, well, in the book, it says you have to let us defend ourselves. And they're like, what book? And Bugs comes up with this book. He shows a page that he's clearly written on that's like, you have to give him a chance to defend yourselves. Like, you can't just enslave us and bring us to your amusement park. Right. You have to give us a chance, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's fun. And it's like such a silly thing, like Bugs tricking them into this like little loophole, right? And so that's when they come up with the basketball idea. Um, and I thought that was fine. But the chance to defend ourselves was practicing over several days, recruiting multiple players. Well, was There's... it? Like, how many days was it? Like, it was so... St- I did not understand this timeline. Well, also, it's like Cartoon World. So I'm not, like, too worried about, like, how many days passed. But it did seem like, how many practices are you guys going to give each other? Like, they kept running into each other, like... Okay, I guess you get to use the court. We did that multiple times. Like, I was like... And there was also this moment where it was like... Where where Michael at first was like, I can't because I have to play baseball. But it's like, well, it's not like you're retiring. It's just like one game. You just need to play one game. No, he... I mean, this is this has so, to do with Michael Jordan's choice of leaving basketball. He's like, I don't play basketball anymore. You're like, Well, I get that. Yeah. It's I, like if somebody was like known for being on a certain sitcom and they were like, I'm not Newman anymore. I would like to be called Wayne. No, Knight. you're Newman. <laughs> um, you're Newman and you're Newman forever. Um, yeah. But like the plot was just like so insane. And I'm like, why can't he just like do this for a night and if they had set it up also in that way where where jordan was like i can't play basketball again like it's behind me or whatever like i need to do something new but that wasn't really set up it was just like i'm gonna do baseball now like it was just like doop 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 like it didn't seem like it was monumental or important nothing really seemed monumental or important in this movie until the very end basically um I did want to just, I, I feel like uh, I, I, I have to mention really quickly um, some of the 90s uh, fashion that I really did enjoy, which was a lot of pleated pants for the men. Oh, yeah. There's like a golfing scene with like Bill Murray, Newman, Larry Bird, yeah. and Michael Jordan, and the pleats go on for days. Yeah, it yeah. is so funny. We Yeah, it's a pleat. It's a pleat city. Even pleat city. even when they flash back to Michael Jordan's dad, or when Michael Jordan was a kid and he's mm-hmm. playing basketball and he shows his dad, uh, there's a lot of pleats there. Just too. so much pleats. Yeah. I love I love how nineties it is. Um, I literally just wrote down this is so nineties, we have Newman and a lot of pleated pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think uh I like one 
I would like to shine a light on something really positive about mm-hmm. the movie. Is that cool? No. <laughs> what I did love was the soundtrack. This movie yeah. has a great soundtrack. Well, yeah, it's yeah, it's 90s hip hop. I wrote, well, what I wrote down was this soundtrack is like jock jams for kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's I believe I can fly. Now, my question is, was that song created for this movie? I don't think so. Denise? I'll look that up. Denise? Can you look that up? I believe I can fly. Um, there was also this like song that sounded exactly like Whoop, There It Is, but it was like slightly different and it was like come on and slam if you want to jam that's the space jam theme oh is it but it just sounds like boop there it is dude the space jam theme is so solid we also had a couple instances of fly like an eagle seals other song fly like an eagle into the sea um they had pump up the jam uh and then of course sam they had our quarantine song the song that we sing almost every day which is Y'all ready for this? But yeah. Oh, and then also uh, for you, I will. You know that song? Anyway, I just remember being a kid hearing these songs on the radio. Like, solid soundtrack. I believe I Can Fly was written for Space Jam. Wow. It later appears on an R. Kelly album normally, but. Thank you, Denise. Quick, Quick research there. Yeah. Well, have we lo- left the cartoon world? Have we had our piece with Space Jam? Oh, I want to say that, yeah, the, the soundtrack is incredible. The Space Jam theme is incredible. Um, and uh, my my 90s kids set me straight here. What what am I missing about, about Space Jam? I'd love to know. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I, I do want to give a shout-out to the term Moron Mountain, which is where Danny DeVito and the aliens are from. Yeah. It's called Moron Mountain. I think that's pretty dumb and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's a scene in the very beginning of the movie when Michael is uh, playing, like he's at bat and everyone loves him so much as a basketball player yeah. that the catcher from the other team <laughs> yeah. is telling him what pitches are being thrown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, don't swing or like yeah, outside I, that fly. Was so funny. Like that was that was really cute. Honestly, all the humans in the movie, everyone was so funny. Yeah, the know? tunes sucked, yeah. but the humans, way to go. Yeah. Yeah, it was super fun. All right. Um, so, yeah, that was my first experience with Space Jam. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, that was kind of mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, shall we move on yeah. to the 80s? Yeah, let's pump up the jam and into the balls. Let's pump the hairspray and get those bangs up high and dry because it's time for space balls. Yeah. No, you've been singing the space ball theme all week. Rach, how does it go? We're the space balls. <laughs> Watch out. Okay. We're the space balls. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know what they're saying. That's great. As I said in the dark, <laughs> I'd seen this fairly recently and... I said in at the time that <laughs> if you didn't see it when you were younger and more impressionable, that this movie, you, you might as well skip it. Right. And now having watched it two times, I do feel the same way. You do? Yeah. Yo, no. I... I'm sorry. I want to love it, but God. everything... Uh, it's not as annoying as Space Jam, but I also feel just like... 
Uh, every time. I, well, I will say I was like looking at you because I wanted you to love it because yeah. just I don't know if I said this in, in the dark, but like this is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I love Spaceballs and I just like I really do. And so I would look over to you to see whenever you would laugh out loud, I would get like so excited because there were a few moments that you did giggle out loud mm-hmm. and I would I would be very happy when you did. Um, but yeah, all right. So is that your overall uh, review? Well, I, I just going into it, I thought I'd reference my In the Dark yeah, here. Yeah. I, after having seen it again, my opinion's about the same. Um, well, okay. Well, maybe I can share some of my, my memories. Like why, I, I don't know why the hell. Like... Well, let's talk about what Spaceballs is. Okay, yeah. Okay? okay. It is a parody movie. Yes. Okay. Of Star Wars. Correct. Of Star Wars, um, it involves uh, uh, what's his name? It's not Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. <laughs> Bill Pullman uh, as a Han Solo type character with John Candy as Barf, <laughs> a Mog. But, but uh, let's be honest, John Candy's like not the best part of this movie. We you like. That's that's clear. The best part of this movie is Rick Moranis. Yes, yeah, Rick Moranis is so funny. He plays like the um, dark helmet. Well, yeah, his character is dark helmet, which is the. Oh, this equivalent. is what I wanted to do actually. No, Rachel, no. You love the parody of Star Wars so much, but you really don't. You earlier this week we got in an argument. You were saying like, no, I love Star Wars. I but, do. You couldn't tell me anything about all, <laughs> any of the characters I was asking. You were like, I don't know who Jar Jar Banks is. But and that's I, a character that was like newer. I think that character is like from like early 2000s. 28 years old. At yeah, this but point. like I think of I as I liked the old Star Wars. And yeah, no, but actually, I know I think that back. Likes the old I Star like Wars. the new ones too. I like the new ones too. I actually don't think I saw that one in the middle because we were looking the at three them. In the middle? No, like oopsies. I saw the first three, yeah. like many many moons ago, and then like the first quote unquote new one, episode but really one. it's episode one. I feel like that was the one I missed, and that was the one that Jar Jar Binks was, or I maybe saw it eventually, but like I saw it later. And then I saw all the other ones. And I saw most of them in the movies, the the, the newer ones. And I do like them. I like that genre, you yeah. know? But yes, am I a reference person? No. So, sue me. <laughs> well, it's just crazy to me that you're just like, you're so, you, you would choose Spaceballs over Star Wars every day. Yeah. And <laughs> what's funny is that people, like a lot of the... The, a lot of people's problems with this movie back in 1987 was that the parody came out too late. Everyone was like, this parody is 10 years too late. Like, yeah. it should have come out years ago. But I loved it without having known it was a parody. Like, I was a kid loving this movie. My brother, Ben, we both loved this movie. Yeah. And I think there's, like, a lot of really fun comedic stuff in it that, like, made me who I am as a performer. Mm. Like I, all of Rick Moranis's stuff is he's so freaking funny. Like how he's like, um, he's supposed to be this like all powerful thing. You know, he's wearing this huge helmet. And then whenever it comes up, his face is like all smushed with his glasses. Like yeah. I just loved it. All his physical stuff is so funny. Yeah. He's definitely a highlight of this movie, but we get into uh, Bill Pullman and Mog 
going through uh, the galaxy. They have a debt they need to pay to Pizza the Hut, which is a t- just a, a horrible thing to look at on screen. It that really is, is jarring. disgusting, it, and it scared me as a kid. Yeah, I believe it. It's just like it's gross. It's so disturbing to look <laughs> yeah. at. Um, so they need a million space bucks to get uh, uh, to. For their own to freedom. To repay their yeah, debt. Yeah, to repay their debt. Yeah. yeah. And they do that by trying to rescue this princess who had just fled her marriage. Princess... Vespa. Vespa. Who Played just, by Daphne Zuniga. Who just uh, left her wedding to Prince Valium. Very um, sleepy. And uh, is about to be captured by the Spaceballs, which are just like the bad guys. Yeah. They're like, they're the Spaceballs. And I'm like... Are they a corporation? Are they a race of people? I think they're like everything. I think they are like, they're a planet and they're a people. Right. They're a people. Because it's planet space ball. Right. And then. President space ball. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Everyone just feels like a human though. Yeah. But it's like, is Bill Pullman from Planet Spaceball? Or? No, remember he said, you probably don't remember because it's not like. Yeah. Well, the plot's really dense in this one. Um, I think this is. If we're going to compare plots, yeah. like this one makes a lot more sense than Space Jam, all right? I yeah, I yeah. I mean It's got a beginning, middle and end for sure. Some of the some of the things you you said about the uh Space Jam plot you wanted was it to feel monumental and important. And I'm wondering if you feel that way about space but space balls. Well, partly yes. Uh and it does. It delivers mm-hmm. because um, space, it, it's it's a movie about saving the environment um, because Planet Spaceball has used up all their resources and they have no more oxygen and they want to steal it from another planet and that's messed up. But how do they save their planet? Oh, they don't. They yeah, lose. But yeah. they're the bad guys, so okay. it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's what's going to happen to Earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because we got a bunch of space balls running this Place. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Let's talk about some highlights here. For me, my favorite part of the movie is when they are watching Spaceballs the movie to find out what happens in the future. Oh, so funny. That is so funny. It's so like this movie's like meta all the time, and sometimes it's really annoying. But that part is so funny, and all the lines about time, when will then be now, soon, yeah, is just iconic comedy. I, yeah. I do feel like that moment is so fun. <laughs> and Rick Moranis like can't handle it. They're like, what is this? They're like, you're looking at now now. Yeah. He's like, what? You know, <laughs> when will then be now? Yeah. Also Soon. everything being called Mr. Radar or Mr. Coffee or whatever. is really So great. Yeah. So good. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Honestly, everything on the Spaceballs part is really on fun. the ship on the ship. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. The um, ludicrous speed. Yeah. Is so funny. And when he flies through the air and he's like, well, have we stopped? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, uh, he just hit his head real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw um, I was looking up a little bit about Spaceballs today and I saw that Tesla uses um, the Spaceballs ship speeds for their speeds. So they have light speed, ridiculous speed and ludicrous speed. Really? Yeah. That's I thought that silly. was pretty cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we love the space, that stuff for me as a kid, like I loved, well, first of all, I watched this really young, you know, this came out in 1987. I'm not sure exactly when I saw it, but in 1987 I was, um, what, like eight, you know? 
um, seven, eight. And so I, I loved naughty stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and they said like, there's this whole bit where they're like, you know, who did that? Who fired that? And he's like me. And he's like, what's your name? And he's like, I'm an asshole, sir. And like everyone on the ship is named asshole. Like to me, I was just like, oh my God, they're saying asshole in a movie. That's so funny. You know, I just thought that was great. Same with like, you got Joan Rivers' virgin alarm going off. And I'm like, oh my God, virgin. I do. Joan Rivers is terrific in this movie, but uh, the asshole thing, like that is just a great example of a bit. It's like, man, if you've heard the word asshole a bunch in your life, and then you watch this movie. It's just not. Yeah. It just doesn't have. Like, I don't understand. I'm like. Silly. I'm an asshole, sir. That doesn't, for me, tell me. Major your last asshole. name is asshole. And then he's like, major asshole. And it's like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then it just, like, keeps going. Yeah. Like, it's like every. Fill up asshole. And then it's like, I'm <laughs> surrounded by assholes. And I'm like, I got it, bro. You <laughs> so know what good. I, oh, I don't I know. <laughs> I love it so much. I also love. When they're watching Radar and it gets jammed by like that's, raspberry jam. That's just like, I mean, it's yeah. just, there's so many. It's just like, like punny and like, I don't know. It's so stupid. So stupid. Um, same with like um, combing the desert is like one of the best parts. <laughs> oh, right? well, yeah. It's like, you know, you know, I found anything. And he's like, do you think we're being too literal? And they're literally dragging combs, huge combs across the sand mm-hmm. and it's like have you found anything yet and it's like nothing yet sir and then like there's these black guys and they have like a small a pick. pick yeah and they're like we ain't found shit yeah. or whatever <laughs> and like it's just a great line uh, that made me Such laugh a great line. i was just not ready for it. i'd seen that movie once before and i forgot about that moment and it was so funny all the stuff on planet druidia i'm like i'm a little bit prince valium about it like, all right let's get back aboard the ships oh can we talk about michael winslow for a second yeah do you know who michael winslow is or was before you saw this movie um, if you had told, if I, if you had asked me that without having just watched this movie, no, oh. I wouldn't have remembered, but I know he's the guy from Police Academy, but I've never seen Police Academy. Ooh, that would be a fun one to rewatch. Yeah. But on the list, so Michael <laughs> Winslow is, yeah, known for making all these like silly noises mm-hmm. in the Police Academy movies. So then he's in this movie, but I have a personal story about Michael Winslow. Oh, do you? I do, which is that my... Uh, as you know, I was in a sketch and improv team uh, from age 13 to 18, and we were called the Half Fine Players. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, we had like a spot on local television, like on the Connecticut cable news channel. Uh, but anyway, we, we went to this TV station and they like interviewed us and we like did a little comedy on TV, you know. And um, the person who was up either before us or after us was Michael Winslow. Like, he was there for an interview, which is just like, we were like, yikes. Like, what's happened to his career that he's up before or after the half pint players on the local news channel in Connecticut? I love that even as a kid, you're like, yeesh, look at this guy's career. Well, here's the thing. I don't think we were. I think we were excited and we were like, oh, my God. And so we were like, Michael, Michael Winslow. And we were like the parking lot for this cable station was like the size of our bedroom. Like it was tiny and we were all walking at the same time and we wanted to meet him and say hi. And he like, wouldn't talk to us. He was too cool for the half pint players. And he walked away from us. And I just thought that was so weird. It's like a bunch of like 14 year olds who are like, we think you're cool. And you're like from TV. And 
I think he was just jealous of how funny we were. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. How That's about, Hollywood for you. How about you. this? I, I'm, now I'm mad at Michael Winslow. He, yeah. He dissed my wife. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like, I mean, look, Michael, if you're listening, I'm happy to give you a second chance, you know? Come yeah. on the show. Uh, do some sounds and we'll be good. Yeah, you know, sounds good. It was kind of strange. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, but Michael Winslow, uh, I wrote, we got to talk about it. Also, I think it's funny because Sam is a huge fan of the movie uh, or the franchise, the Alien franchise. Oh yeah. So you're a Bill Paxton guy, mm-hmm. and as a Spaceballs fan, I'm a Bill Pullman guy. Yeah. They really don't look alike. Uh, it's just a name. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Alien. You know, we, we already talked about Star Wars. There were so many references in this movie that I I loved this movie and had no idea what they were referencing because I was too young. Yeah. So there's an alien reference. There's tons of Star Wars references. There's uh, the 2001 A Space Odyssey, Odyssey there's reference. A, also a ton of references to Wizard of Oz for it being yes. a space movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wizard of Oz, for sure. I think I got those. Um, but yeah, so at the very end of the movie... Uh, in the diner, uh, you know, the little alien pops out of uh, that guy's chest and mm-hmm. sings, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey, which also terrified me. Mm-hmm. And I had no I was like, I, I feel like at the time I was young enough to not have seen Alien, right. obviously. But I knew I'm like, this has to be referencing something. Yeah. So much of my watching comedy as a kid was like, I was like. Oh, I understand there's a reference there I don't get, but I'll get it eventually. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, yeah, I love that that reference to Alien. It's so, so funny. Uh, hello, my baby. That's a, a great moment. Yeah, movie. yeah. But also, I hope... I, <laughs> I do feel like the movie like has a big climax, and then there's like a couple scenes afterwards where I'm like... Like, like they're just having dinner in the diner, and I'm like, I don't have any more patience for your silliness. Like, what, what are we doing here? Mm. You saved the world. Like... Let's get to Drew Eddie. Let's do this thing. You know what I mean? But how fun was that diner scene? We had to see it. Yeah, it just felt like it could have happened <laughs> at any other point in this weird movie. I mean, is it a perfect movie? Yes. Is <laughs> do you no. It's not a perfect movie, and I get that. Um, I also love like all the Mel Brooks stuff I liked too. Like, um, there's this he plays two parts, obviously. Mm. He plays like the the yogurt, mm. the Schwartz guy, uh, merchandising. And then he also plays the, like, president of the planet. And you know that part where he's like, beam me up? Or, or like, do you want Snotty to beam you up, sir? Mm-hmm. Which is a Star Trek reference in a, in a Star Wars parody movie. movie. Um, but I, I like that, too, because, like, for me as a kid, when we were on the road with my family in the car... Uh, my parents would try to keep us entertained. And my dad would be like, all right, we're playing Star Trek. Rachel, you're um, not snotty. You're Scotty. I was always Scotty. And I didn't even know what that meant. Just that I beam people up. Mm-hmm. So whenever he'd be like, all right, Rachel, beam beam me up or whatever. I would just like press one of the buttons on the door, like mm-hmm. the window button or whatever. So that was my role as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to see that in a movie. So that was exciting. Wow. Yeah. How, thank you. How big for you. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you appreciate that. Uh, I just needed it to be heard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's it. I loved this movie. You know, did other people like this movie? No. The reviews are not great. People felt like it came out too late, as yeah. I mentioned, as a parody. Because I looked it up in the first Star Wars movie. It was like 77. Mm-hmm. And this came out in 87. Right. Although there were movies in between. But yeah. 
Um, but yeah. And then, of course, you got the Spaceballs song, which is a terrible song. But I like it because I love this movie. But I will say it cannot compare to the Space Jam soundtrack. I, I, I appreciate you giving that point because that's maybe the only thing this movie has, <laughs> Space Jam has above Spaceballs. Now, do, can we find the intersection between the two movies? Like, what besides space? I feel like they're both... Uh, trying to cash in on a franchise, but in different ways. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, That's true. Mel Brooks is just such a storied person. This is just like a goofy note in his otherwise um, just like goofy know, career. Pro- prolific <laughs> career. Um, whereas like all of this stuff feels like a real step out of left field for both the Looney Tunes and Michael <laughs> Jordan. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm having sense... I'm having trouble making sense of any of these movies. <laughs> I, I don't know. Other than the space theme, which honestly, Space Jam doesn't even have that strong of a space theme. It almost should have been called Monster Jam. That's true. Yeah, you're right. There's not much space in the movie Space Jam. No. Hmm. Especially, I think, the logo. We like, should write a strongly worded letter. I feel like there's something about like planets in the logo. Yeah, what's up with that? And it's like not even I like mean, Moron the, Mountain isn't even called... It's not even more. It's not more on planet. It's more on mountain. Well, yeah, because it's a theme park. Also, it's just so easy not to, to to use the word slave. I get that that probably is the case either way. And oh my god, that was so but, uncomfortable. Right, yeah, yeah. I just feel like you could just been like, "You will be my crowning exhibit." You know what I mean? You yeah. could have said that, and like, it is still, I guess, slavery or whatever. But it does. You don't say to somebody. I'm going, you're going to be my slave. Oh, it was terrible. It was so inappropriate. Left a bad taste in my mouth that I could only wash out with a bunch of barf. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, oh, I got a, I got a connection for you. We got John Candy in one movie and Bill Murray in one movie. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I feel like that's like kind of a fun. They're almost connected. Were they in a movie together? Well, I think. Yeah, they. I'm gonna say yes. Denise, look it up. Denise, look it up. (laughs) I mean, they're both so iconic. They have to have been. Yeah. I don't know. I put them together. Yeah. Um. Was John Candy on SNL? I don't think so. Uh, The only thing that left is left to do is figure out why there's a hat, a magical hat floating towards you. Sam, there's a magical hat behind you. Yeah, Rachel. Oh my God. Rachel, don't be scared. This is the hat of time. The hat of time. It's this hat. We've we've done it every week. Spaceballs. Hey, oh, I'll dip my hand into the old hat of time. All right, do it. All right, let's see what's in here. Hoo-ha. Hoo-ah. Yeah. Hoo-ah. All right, let me open it up. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, babe. The Hat of Time, uh, you know, explores events and years and dates and Mm -hmm. things from our past. And we try to see where each of us were, each of us was, (laughs) pertaining to that date or event. What I have here is the year 2005. The year 2005. Just as a year. What? That's what the Hat of Time gave me. I don't know what you're complaining about. What? Yeah. You're just saying, what did I do in 2005? Yeah, talk to me about the year 2005. That's a really rough year for me in my life. Actually. That was a really rough year for me. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, how about you tell me about yours first real quick? All right. The year 2005, I was 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I think I was 26. How old were you 
14. Yes. Yeah. I was 26. You were 14. And I uh, broke up with my fiance and called off my wedding because... As you we had know, to marry a 15-year-old. <laughs> because later in life, I was going to marry a 15-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I called off my wedding. I mean, I had a the horrible situation there. If you want to hear about it, go listen to This American Life or Risk, Uh-oh. where I told my story. You know it's bad if it's on another podcast. <laughs> Cross-podcast. <laughs> Cross-podcast promo. But anyway, and then also, like, I was living in uh, in Boston and my best friends, Matt and Dana Fisher, like moved to New York. So it was just like a really crazy year for me. But like change was mm-hmm. good and necessary. And that relationship was really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, 2005 was was crazy. But also it was the year that I got cast at Improv Boston mm-hmm. and started like performing as a house team member there. And that was obviously amazing and led to many years of performance at Improv Boston and all that. So some good, some bad. The year 2005 was pretty rough for Sam DeRose. I had just broken off my engagement to this guy and no. Okay. So I. Wait, what? I. uh, At 14? (laughs) It was the end of my freshman year going into my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. I had just moved from a small town to Portland, Oregon. So it was a little little fish in the big pond, and I was really in the height of my like emo days. Mm. I had dyed black hair that I would straighten with a hair straightener. Oh my god! Before school, I've and seen one of these pictures. I dyed the front streak of my hair. Uh, I had to bleach it so I could make it hot pink. So I had black. Short hair in the back that kind of spiked up, and then long hair in the front. You know, went over one eye. We got to get a picture of this for there Instagram. There is kind of a, a photo of of me in two thousand five for sure, um, and it is brutal. Uh, it was just a time where I, you know, was really trying a lot to make things happen, um, and uh, you know. It probably my most I would say that's probably the most embarrassing year of my life of just like looking at me and you know me I mean fourteen but 14 let me tell hard. you guys I did end up becoming homecoming king all right after four we years knew he was school. gonna squeeze that in yeah I always have to I always have that to. is always squeezed in in fact it was the main point of your mom's toast at our wedding yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't bring up two thousand five or... all, right. all right here we go I got my hands in the hat my hands in the hat my hands pulling Careful, something out don't of the get hat hurt. Oh. oh this one's timely for our space week oh what is that Pluto being demoted from a planet oh yeah Rachel. What is your reaction? Where were you? It was 2006, yeah. so it's that time. 2006? God, to be honest, I don't have strong memories tied to it. You probably do more than I do because you are such a space, you love space and, mm-hmm. and aliens and stuff. Um, and yeah, um, but I do remember someone having I remember a conversation with someone in New York I didn't live in New York in 2006 so it must have been a couple years later um talking about it with literally a stranger in the street because this girl had a Pluto tattoo Mm. and and I don't know I just remember like a conversation about it there but I wasn't you know I'm not much of a science person Mm. and I think I was like I I didn't really get it. And I, you know what I'm going to say, I probably still don't really completely understand, uh, understand it. I mean, 
I understand it's not a planet. Right. I mean, that's all you understood before is that it was a planet. It's and not then like you're it, like, now it's you not. knew stuff about it or but anything. But I, I guess it's like, so who decides this stuff, you know? Okay. <laughs> I mean, who gets to come around, okay. Mr. Important Guy? Okay. All right. So, <laughs> for what me, you? I was still in school. All right. Now, I 2006. was... How old were you? I was one year older than when we just... Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I was 15. Um, starting to come out of the emo days. I was like, hold yeah. on. Now you let your hair naturally I curl. Was, I was definitely after um, the time where you're making you know, solar systems and stuff in school. So it's like, it doesn't really affect you as a, you know, a sophomore in high school. It's not like that's going to help you on physics is knowing that Pluto's not a planet. But I will say that my favorite planet, and still to this day, but the planet that I had to do like my project on when I was that age, like third grade or whatever, was Neptune. Hmm. Okay, Neptune, at the time I did the project, was the second furthest planet away uh, because Pluto would do it. Oh, interesting. But I remembered because I did the uh, 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 project on Neptune that the interesting fact about Neptune is that sometimes it actually was the furthest planet away because... Pluto's orbit was so irregular that there would be a time where Pluto would actually be closer to the sun than Neptune. And it was the only planet that worked that way. And I was like, that's so weird. And that was like my interesting Mm. fact. And so then when I hear that Pluto's not a planet, I went, yeah, that makes sense. Because it was doing that weird shit the whole time with Neptune. You were, so you're the guy. I changed it. You're the guy. I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> I was like, I don't need this pink streak in my hair anymore. And you know what? Pluto's not a planet. I said, Pluto's not a planet. And they went, that's our homecoming king. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I say before we wrap up yeah. that Pluto not being a planet now reminds me of you because uh, we've watched the Rick and Morty episode <laughs> I think about that, about that yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. And that's a show that we watched together yeah. and so it makes me think of you babe oh thanks yeah. well look at this look like at this that gap being bridged like that gap being bridged what generation gap all i see is a generation rainbow <laughs> <laughs> thank you to all of the space balls and thank you all the space jams. Yeah, and you've been listening to Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Please like and subscribe subscribe or Sam and Rachel Comedy on all social media. And uh have a great, great evening. Bye guys. Bye. Rachel's Generation Gap podcast is produced by Rachel Rosenthal and Sam DeRost. Original theme song and music by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Original artwork by Aaron Maybe Designs and Snuggles by Rosie the Galga.